Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. Chris Emke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, uh, we made it through our big blowout sale. Guys, if you missed it, we were doing boost testers. We actually ran ourselves out of inventory on several of, of the components. Yeah. So so we had to, to put a pause on that sale. Yep. Uh, you can still get a free tuned it hat if you mention the podcast. There you go. So if you call in and we're shipping anything out to you, uh, we will still throw you a free tuned hat. Just let your sales rep know uh, that you listen to the podcast and Paul and Chris said it's okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, today we, we've... We've got a lot of segments today, Chris. We actually we, we have quite a full show we for do. our listeners. We do. I, I think you know one of the the, the meat of this. I, I think uh, was a, a really good timing because, as you mentioned, the promo we we released a couple of new products. One of them being the twenty twenty plus Ford tuning. Um, and man, dude, like that's it, becoming very popular. There is such a demand for this. It's a really good product. Those trucks are super strong. Yeah. So. We were talking like, hey, you know what? We did the ride-along on our 17 F-250 last week. Why don't we do a 2020-plus ride-along? And who better to have than myself and one of the guys that works in our R&D department, Tim? Yeah. Well, Tim drives the truck. It's, right, his, it's truck. his truck. So so, so we, we had to put him in. Yeah. No, but but Tim's been on the show before, listeners. Yep. You guys have heard him talk about R&D and tuning in the past. And that's we dived into that. We dived into the R&D. We talked about the comparison of a 17 and 19 with the 6 speeds versus the 2020s with the 10 speeds. And, um, you know, I... I Listening to him talk, experiencing the truck, driving it, it's just, it's a strong truck. Yeah. It's a strong truck. It, 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 it's tough to beat. You know, it we've really talked about is. it a lot uh, I know. throughout the last couple years here and really heavily over the last few months. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, for, for somebody who's a Duramax fan and yourself a yeah. Cummins fan, it's really hard to look at that and be like, wow. Yeah. Where do we go from here? Where do you? I mean that that's the I, that's the bar. Yeah. That's the bar. That's the truck. Like that is the end all be all. Like super super impressed. Any of the Ford guys that are listening, like kudos to you guys. Like they're badass trucks. I, I know for myself, I don't know if I can say, hey, I own a Ford. Like it's embarrassing to say, hey, I own a Cummins too. But <laughs> it's just it's 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 what I like, right? It's what right, I like. Right, but right, like right. the Ford drives. A thousand times better than a Cummins tuner. If you tuned just or not. like the big C, you could put whatever sticker you want. You know, I was thinking, I was trying to, I was trying to uh, size it up so the big blue oval up front, yeah. and just one big C. You know, oh. and just yeah, you know, you could oh, do something, something. But uh, for Chris, you could for tell Chris, people yeah, that's for Chris. My, my name's not for Cummins. My name's Chris. Like, right. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> And then we have Jeremy and we have Sean Lynn on Jer- as well. So Jeremy, I wanted to talk about this. So we brought on Super Tech Jeremy Garnett, uh, who's who's got a great segment where we get to talk to him about what's going on in the shop and hear real life, real mechanic stories and kind of some of the trucks and, and troubleshooting and projects he works on here. Yeah. Uh, so we set aside the big uh, Duramax Hummer conversion for right now because I get a ton of questions, Chris, around general maintenance. What oil should I run? What trans fluid you should know, I run? What do I do when I what else do I do when I do an yeah. oil change? What uh, what maintenance should I do to keep my emissions equipment healthy? Right. Smart Those one. are like great questions and we get them all, all the, time. the time. I get We get guys that will call into the shop, hey, what oil do I run? Dude, I don't fuck. <laughs> I run the oil that's in the 55 gallon drums in the shop. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> You know, like. So I thought I'd talk to a guy who actually knows what's in that 55-gallon drum about it. So Jeremy breaks out like a full-on detailed 
uh, segment around just general maintenance. Like if you're going to bring, and I gave him the example I came out, if I brought like a newer LML with low miles to you and I said, hey, I just bought this truck or I just moved here and I don't have my service records, yeah. do an oil change in general maintenance, what would you do? What is the general maintenance? And so he kind of walked me through absolutely everything. And then our remote support expert, Sean Lynn, he came in and kills it talking about flashing LB7 and LLYs. Man, those are... You would think like LB7 LOYs, they're the first two generations of Duramaxes. Like they got to be easy. They got to be easy. And as you said, that I just cringed because yeah. those trucks suck to well, fly. Yeah, because at best they're 15 years old. Yeah. So it's like. Well, I mean, for the listeners, right? We're probably going to get into it more, yeah. but 15 year old truck, um, the electronics subpar to, to today's standards. Uh, they're generally electrical nightmares. Even if you don't think they are, they are. And well, also, uh, that interferes. Usually, young guys have gotten a hold of them by now, and yep. we're dealing with aftermarket stereos, aftermarket underglow, starts, rock lights. Yeah, just, all, oh, God. All Head sorts units, of fun stuff. You got it. Uh, so, Sean Lynn is, is a person who deals with these. I think he said like three to five times a week minimum yeah. uh, that he takes a call on flashing an LLY or LB7. And you have to do the, you know, <laughs> you have to decompose. But they're out there. We've all yeah. had them. We've all ran through these hurdles at one point in our lives or another. I love it. Absolutely. So so Sean Lane kills it. Uh, guys, stick around right after a word from our sponsors. We're going to be back to you with the ride along and we'll talk to our super tech and our remote support expert. Thank you so much for listening. The XDP Extra Cool High Performance Coolant Additive enhances the performance of the cooling system in your vehicle. This coolant additive has been specially formulated to maximize the thermal transfer properties of your engine coolant to lower your temperatures. Not only does the Extra Cool Additive reduce engine coolant temps, the premium additives in this formula prevent buildup and corrosion to extend the life of your cooling system and cooling system components. XDP Extra Cool Coolant Additive is safe for use in all cooling systems and is compatible with all types of coolant. To find out more about the XDP Extra Cool High Performance Coolant Additive, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. I want to talk to you listeners today a little bit about Whirly Custom Fabrication. We've been working with the guys over at WC Fab since the sh since the shop is open literally uh we've always had a great friendship and relationship with jason Worley and ryan Worley and the whole crew over there and one of the reasons that that relationship has lasted for 15 years plus is because we get the same consistent high quality parts and excellent customer service from them every time uh, if you guys are looking for any of the parts or products that wc fab can supply i blindly and wholeheartedly totally recommend them to you Exergy Performance is the leader in high-performance diesel fuel systems. When you go around to UCC, when you go around to competitions, when you look at LeVon Miller and other amazing competitors who have crushed it and dominated this space, you'll see consistently Exergy Performance is what their injectors and their fuel pumps are provided by. And that is because they're using the highest levels of technology to develop and process your orders. So you're, you're not getting an injector that somebody hit with a screwdriver to hone it out. You're not getting something that some fly-by-night shop uh, tried to tweak some 50-year-old equipment to try to hack together a set of modified injectors. You're getting OEM quality. You're getting the absolute best possible thing for your truck. And when it comes down to your fuel system in a diesel, there may be no part that's more crucial to have a very, very high, ridiculous standard for quality. 
Uh, if you're considering upgrading your fuel system in your diesel truck, you need to contact one of the distributors or you need to contact Exergy Performance directly because they're going to get the job done right and you're going to be really happy with it. Hey guys, Chris Emke from Diesel Performance Podcast and I'm joined with Tim Mahoney. How you doing? And today uh, we are in a 2020 Ford F-250. Uh, for starters, I felt like it would be a really cool kind of follow-up. We did a ride-along last week in uh, one of Calibrated Power's shop trucks, the 2017 Ford F-250 uh, single-wheel regular cab. And uh, I figured, you know, this is the next generation of Power Strokes, being that the 2020s have uh, a similar 6.7 Power Stroke engine, uh, but they're mated with a 10-speed automatic. Uh, so Tim, you work over at Calibrated, you work in R&D and tuning and stuff like that. Uh, tell me a little bit about this platform and what's some of the differences between the 20 pluses versus the 17 to 19 stuff. Correct. Yeah, Chris, this is a 2020. Uh, this is actually my truck, so I, I'm very familiar with the process and stuff of it. Um, had the truck about a year now, uh, upgraded from a 19, very similar to the 17 you guys were driving last week. Yep. Um, Pretty much main difference with the 2020 is right off the bat is, you know, the no OBD flashing. Okay. Um, so a little bit more of a process to tune. At the time I bought it, you really couldn't tune it at all. Um, so we were able to put it on the dyno baseline and stuff like that. Um, and then with any of these newer trucks, uh, you're starting to get towards this 10-speed trans. You got the 10-speed in this, you got the 10-speed in the L5P. Yep. Um, you know, the Dodge isn't quite there yet. Rumors of that coming as well. Um, nice thing about this 10-speed is we can actually tune it. Uh, in, the L5P we can. Okay. So as far as ECM, calibration, getting this thing to, to make some more power and, you know, just uh, have some fun with it, are there a lot of differences between these and like a 17 to 19 truck calibration-wise? Uh, calibration-wise, no. As far as, uh, you know, tuning it and your way around the uh, configuration there, it's, it's all very similar. Uh, 2020's got a little bit smaller turbo. Um, they pack a punch from the factory they're though. Really responsive. Um, very responsive, good power delivery. This truck with with uh, 300 miles on it, dynoed 430, which I thought was very impressive at the time. Um, now that it's got some miles on it, it actually dynoes about 460, 470 stock to the wheel, um, where your 19 power stroke was, I think 390-ish, right around okay. 400. So. Um, but they do have that smaller turbo. So that's where, um, I don't want to say we're at a disadvantage tuning it, um, but just the, the headroom wasn't quite as, as heavy as we're used to. Um, but that also, it makes up for it in that drivability, yeah. that responsiveness, that torque, um, you know, the ability to pull uh, is I think where, where this truck really does shine. A couple of the things that I noticed driving this, kind of like those first impressions is, you know, if we talk a 17 and 19 truck, I think they're very snappy, very responsive. There's no secret that I've always said, like Ford's kind of like that most complete truck, mm -hmm. even though it'd be hard for me to say I own a Ford. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but the 1719s, they, they're they very responsive. They shift very nicely. Um, and then in 2020, some of the companies went to a 10 speed, like you had mentioned, the L5P 2020 plus are 10 speeds uh, for the automatics. And then uh, the Fords also go to a 10 speed. Yep. Um, what do you think some of the advantages and disadvantages of the 10-speed are from an OEM's perspective? 
Uh, I mean, the advantages of the 10-speed, uh, very simple, right? So you're you're always kind of in that sweet spot of that RPM window, um, but at the same time, you can stay in that nice RPM window when you're on the highway. You're not overworking the truck. So um, towing abilities, that stuff, uh, fuel economy, all that comes up, right? So I, a lot of lot to do with the 10-speed is, in my opinion, is is obviously fuel economy and, and economics there. Um, as far as a tuning standpoint or as far as a, a, a driver when you're trying to add power or someone who's you know we have aggressive customers right that are just they want a truck they want it to snap they want it to be you know your lbz and allison just pop through gears yep. uh 10-speed trans isn't set up like that no. from the factory at all a lot of moving from what i'm feeling it's, it's a lot of moving parts it's uh you know you have different a lot of different shift patterns and and all that so from a tuning perspective it's actually pretty difficult to get the power to the ground because as you add that power um the trans just becomes less and less familiar with what it's doing and it really does get confused and um it took us you know we've been able to tune the trans since i bought the truck so that's actually what we started tuning first and it it, it took i mean even this week i made a change in our in our standard trans file um which i'm really happy with but you start getting into skip shifts and stuff like that and where to add air where to, where to add pressure uh how much pressure uh, what gears to skip stuff like that and wide open throttle and it the truck could either get really happy or it could get really confused. One of the things that, you know, just driving this and again, you know, uh, just to, to kind of clear the air, the, the 10 speed, you didn't gain three final drives or overdrives, right? No, that, yeah. that never changed. They cut up like your second gear, third gear, fourth gear and multiply those gears. Again, keeping that engine in its sweet spot, like you mentioned. So when you're driving the truck normal, you never really see the RPM drop. Right? Yeah. You don't see that RPM drop for, uh, you know, gear transition, but I just have to go and assume that this thing's got to be a monster towing. Like this thing's got to be super happy towing, keeping the engine once again kind of in its torque curve. Um, have you towed with the truck? And kind of what are some of the comparisons from, you know, someone that's looking at potentially buying a newer truck, comparing the six speed to the 10 speed from a towing aspect? Yeah, uh, so I've, I've towed with this truck. I, I towed it out to Colorado with my enclosed trailer. Um, as far as power, power ability, stuff like that, I mean, it, it's awesome going up through the mountains and stuff. We towed to about 10,500, 11,000 feet. Um, this truck has no lack of power, even in stock form. Um, one thing unique I found about this truck was uh, kind of in its EGT operating range. Um, if you're above about 750 degree EGT, um, the truck will just passive regen all the time, okay. which is similar to what you would be with like your Cummins stuff. Yeah, I was right? going to say, I feel um, like they took that out of uh, the Cummins handbook. Exactly, but that's that wasn't how the previous year Fords were, um, and that, that isn't how the Duramax is still to this day. Um, but as far as is keeping the truck in a happy operating window, I mean, the, this 10-speed does it well. Um, as far as the truck itself towing, I was a little unhappy with it when I first switched from my 19. Um, it just, I, I think a lot to do with it was this was the, is the Tremor model. My 19 was like the standard 250. Um, so I did actually add airbags as far as uh, just, just to kind of help with the heavier loads. Um, but we do, I mean, Nickel Nickel mess around. He'll take his big tractor out with it. I mean, the gooseneck's been on here a ton, and um, I've been really happy with that. When you pop it in tow haul, again, you can kind of mess with those shift points and, and figure out what gears you want to skip and, and what ones it'll really hold up well in. I want to point that out too. So on that turn that we just did back there, I blimped into the throttle probably about 50%. I saw it go one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, and then 10. Mm -hmm. So is that in a calibration? Does the factory offer skip shifts? What, what is that? Uh, I guess what 
what is the end-all be-all for deciding when the skip shift is gonna occur? It's really up to drivability, and I guess you gotta kind of balance the power with what gears you're skipping and stuff like that. Okay. Um, the factory calibration does allow skip shifting um, in uh, your normal driving modes. Okay. Um, but it also has, the 10-speeds also use this torque logic similar to like what's in my wife's uh, 3.0 Explorer ST and the EcoBoost and stuff where it'll actually shift up and shift down based on your torque output, um, which in my opinion is actually kind of frustrating from a calibrator point of view because you're telling the trans to do something and the truck is looking at the torque input and it's doing something different gotcha um, so I'm actually a big fan of, of in this truck it's turned off right now so basically whatever shift schedule I tell it to be in that's what it is that's what it's following gotcha um, the torque logic or whatever you want to call that turned on is very nice when you're towing because um, you you know it'll it'll if the truck wanted to downshift, but the shift schedule isn't telling it to it would allow the truck to downshift. okay so there's there's like there's pluses and minuses to both. Um, we've made, I think, three different trans files that we make available to the customer now, so you kind of get to pick and choose. I mean, gotcha. The one that's in here right now, I have no problem towing with, but I would consider it our most aggressive gotcha. trans file. So <clears throat> you said, you had mentioned when you first got the truck, you had baselined the truck. We'll just kind of go as a happy medium, right? And we'll say that the truck makes about 450 wheel horsepower yeah. stock. What kind of power can you get out of one of these reliably? Stock turbo, stock fuel system, that kind of thing. So the original, or that first 80 to 100 horsepower was super easy to make. Um, when the truck baselined at 430 and we were able to flash it, I was making 520, 530 pretty easily. Okay. Um, that next, I would say 40 or 50 horsepower was where it, it, it took you know months in R&D and development yep. to kind of figure out. Now, um, is that so, is that the power plant? Is that just kind of some of those uh, some of those uh, outcomes from the smaller turbocharger? Like smaller what turbocharger. Like? And keep in mind here, there's there's no OBD flashing, right? So you don't have HP tuners that already took this this ECM or this map pack and mapped it out for you, right? So you can't just open up BFI Live and they give you, hey, here are the 30 maps you need to play with. Yeah. Or I can't just open it up and compare. I mean, this is all done in binary and what we call like back end work so okay. um, that part I think is the most difficult is finding torque limiters hunt, you know hunting yeah. all that stuff down while keeping everything we know about yeah. air fuel ratio happy you know it's crazy to me to think about you know I think about the uh, earlier six sevens um, and I think about you know a lot of the trucks that we play with a lot of the older Cummins the Duramaxes over the years and what it would take to get to you know 550 to 600 wheel horsepower yeah and we just took that turn over there and I got into the throttle a little bit man this thing just clips gears it stays in its in its rev range right it stays in its torque curve and it just keeps you held back in the seat um, it's just it's, it's insane to me to think that this is what we are dealing with in the year of 2020 plus when we talk about these trucks and what their real capabilities are yeah i mean motors. what's quite impressive uh, to me you know if you want to tow with an lly lbz even older ford yeah. like if you want to get up and go like you're in the throttle yeah, you yeah. know it's either off and on um and this thing i mean this thing's more fun at 50 60 70 percent yeah, throttle, no, like yeah. just that little goose around somebody yep. um and then yeah if you want to get into it you'll get into, you'll get it, into it you know oh no that uh these things, what kind of mileage do you generally average on something like this? Uh, it's at 15 and a half right now. Um, I think I actually uh, kind of surprised Nick. We took this down to UCC and uh, he probably wasn't happy about how fast we were going, but we're, we're probably doing 85, 90 mile an hour, you know, in and out, probably average about 85 Found the good old uh, Interstate 65, right? Yeah, 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 bump it along there. And 
we we did 17 and a half, 17.6 miles to the gallon round trip. Uh, we drove down there and back the same day. Like it was it was a quick 10 hour trip, 12 yep. hour trip. Um, and he was he was really impressed. Um, stock this truck, I would say driving around town, I got about 13 and a half. Um, right now, as as you look at it, I mean, I got probably over a thousand miles on this yep. trip. Um, you're you're at 15 and a half, which is um, you know, we always tell customers, like, we don't advertise power or uh, mileage gains, right? But, like, sometimes they do come with it. For how I drive, they usually don't come get it and yeah. come with it, right? Like, if I can maintain mileage... You're, you're in the throttle power, 50, 60%, you know, yeah. you're having fun with it. So, if I can maintain the same mileage and gain 100 horsepower, I'm all for it. Um, on this truck, we were we were actually able to pick up mileage and that, which, you know, it is, was impressive to me. I mean, not, not for someone who's really looking for mileage, but... Um, you know, pickup truck that I can drive every day, haul with whatever, and get 15, 17 miles to the gallon. It's home run. We're gonna turn here, we're gonna get into it, right? So I'm gonna beat on your truck with permission. Yep, yep. So I'll pull out here and. <laughs> that skip shift. That's wild. So, so it gets up and goes. I mean, you yeah. can, it's still shifting. That was a nice but, back um, road in Mexico, you know, the 20 to twenty to 90 pull, 20 to 100 pull. These things are really happy at that 40, 50 to 80, you know, okay. like for us, it's it's 90, right? Like you're cruising on 90, you want to get around somebody. Yeah. It loves that quick downshift to six, seventh gear, get around somebody. Now on uh, the, the type of power output that we're talking about, you know, 550 to 590 horsepower, what kind of torque are these things making rear wheel wise? Uh, I think we cut it right around 1300 foot pounds. 1300 uh, foot pounds to the rear tire. Yeah, so right, I mean, that was, you know. And that's what you're feeling in that 50 throttle, 50% throttle input, that tow Yeah, you're feeling shift. that torque. I mean, you're you're in the meat of that torque at that 18, 1900 um, RPM. and. The weird thing about the factory cal in these was, uh, I think it made peak power around 2200, which is a little bit low for yeah. peak, where peak horsepower usually is. And by 27, 2750, um, the truck was actually down like 300, down to 370 horse. So it's a it's a 50, 60 horsepower loss between 22, 2300, 2700. Wow. So what we were actually able to do in the, the calibration was maintain that power increase. So yeah, it's 125, 130 horse over stock, peak right but at 2700 rpm we're actually able to add more like 150 160. oh wow well do you have anything else that you would want to bring up about the truck that i didn't ask um not, not really i'm i'm super happy with it i don't think i will you know usually as calibrators right we order the next year truck or whatever yeah from I don't know what's going on. I don't. I'm not ready to go get a new truck. Okay. I guess is what I'm. What I mean, I'm trucks saying, that drive know? like this, I don't blame you. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed that ride along. Stay tuned. Uh, we're gonna have our Super Tech segment with Jeremy Garnett. We have our customer support expert Sean Lynn. They're gonna be coming back at you with uh, their segments and some more information to come. So stay tuned. Have a good one, guys. All right, folks, I'm here with our favorite super tech, Jeremy Garnett. Jeremy, how the hell are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, Jeremy, we've gone through a lot of really cool troubleshooting with you and talking about trucks that you've dealt with in the shop, and I want to hit you today with something just a little bit different. Okay. All right, so I get a lot of questions around general maintenance, and I have a habit of like quickly passing over this stuff because it's not 
super interesting to me because I, like many customers out there, like to take my truck to the same shop forever and have them do all of the maintenance and I don't have to think about it and it's just I know by the mileage on my truck it's time to go back to the shop and drop it off and that's it um so what if I had a 2016 LML Duramax and I got like 50,000 miles on it because I never drive the thing and say I just moved here. So I used to live down south. I just moved up to this area. And now I need a new shop to do all of my maintenance. Right. Um, I come in and I say, hey, you know what? I know it needs an oil change, but I don't really know anything else. Like, can you guys just do an oil change and all the regular maintenance on the truck? Sure. <laughs> what What would that entail for you then as the tech? Um. Well, that's what I would actually get is I would actually get a service ticket and it would have an oil change on it and then it would say general check over, maintenance check over, wellness check. Right. Um, tell me the wellness, what you think, how the truck is and how it responds and drives. So that's what I would do is I would actually pull it in. I would do the oil change first, do a basic uh-huh. look over of the truck and uh, first test said boost test it. I don't care how many miles. Just 10,000 miles or 150,000. Um, I'm going to boost test it. I'm going to do the oil change. I'm going to generally look it over. I'm going to look at the brakes, start looking at the fluids. Let, like let's that. break that down a little bit. So when you look at the brakes, are, are you pulling the caliper off and looking at the pads? What, what does a brake inspection entail? Um, well, here, it's a, these things have actually the bigger wheels on it. So um, they might have a stock set of wheels that has, you know, let's say it's a... You know, an LML, it has 18 or 20-inch wheels on it. So right. you can actually get a pretty good look at the brakes without pulling it apart. Okay. Um, if it's going to need brakes, then I'm going to start pulling it apart and checking the caliper, stuff like that, and see if we actually have to go some a little bit more than just brake pads. Okay, gotcha. So, um, but, yeah, we'll just do a general inspection. I mean, if it has 50 60%, 80% on the brakes, we're, you know, they look good. They look they're, good. They're good. Okay. Yeah. And then we talked about fluids. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I can't tell you how many how many listeners care a lot about what fluids and if you've ever been on a forum oh, or a yeah. facebook group there's so many questions about what oil should i run what trans fluid should right. i run let's just do the rundown here so so you're doing an oil change let's start with the fluid what oil do you put back in the truck well, what's your preference here we use a mobile delvac that's exactly what they use at gm um you know they use a mobile product i mean most gm dealerships do yeah uh, it's what we use what we've had luck with and it just it's an all-around good product it's a mobile delvac it's a semi-synthetic um oil and we use nothing but gm oil filters okay good that was my next question was like everybody wants to talk about filters and oil filtration yeah. fuel filtration all this so just the standard same thing you would get at the dealership yeah. that's what we're going to take a look at yeah i mean it's you know gm has good luck with them we have great luck with them we've never had an issue so for 50 cents why why buy something from napa or carquest or <laughs> uh, you know advanced auto or AutoZone? you know it's like why would i buy that product when you know a gm filter is you know 50 cents more and you know we buy them by you know 10 12 20 at a time but right. it's for the price it's it's hard to beat it's yeah hard to beat, so right? you, you might spend just a little bit more money comparatively but mm-hmm. it's not so much more that it's going to make or break your decision right right exactly. like you drive a diesel right. let's get let's get real about it Okay. Um, the other fluid everyone wants to talk about is trans fluid. Stock trans, built trans, do you run a different fluid? Does it matter? No. Um, we run and highly suggested to run just a synthetic, full synthetic fluid. Um, make sure it's just a, it's a DEC 6 capable. So 
Um, all GMs is just Dextron 6. Um, 90% of your synthetic fluids are going to be Dextron 6. Right. And if it's multi-fluid, you know, or multi-vehicle, not saying multi-fluid, multi-vehicle, right. it is usually a synthetic fluid is a multi-vehicle. Okay. Um, and if you're really that curious, just look at the back of it, and it'll actually tell you which vehicle that'll work on. <laughs> um, most containers will actually tell you. It doesn't matter brand as long as it is a Dex 6 or a full synthetic fluid. Gotcha. So you don't spend the extra money on the really fancy stuff. I'm not going to call no. any brands out by name, but... Nope. It's if it's going to break down, it's going to break down. And any, <laughs> I mean, we've have we have them in you know twelve, thirteen hundred horsepower trucks, and we have them in five hundred horsepower trucks. We want the same fluid, right? And we've you know trans is going to break. It's going to break. Yeah, it's not going to break because of the fluid. No, that, that's it's, not unless you really fucked up, like put way too much or way too little in. You're not going to cause. The only a problem. time it's ever going to cause a problem is if you have one hundred fifty thousand miles on it and you've never touched the fluid and it's brown and clutch metal and clutch material on the fluid and just, you look in the pan and it's all gritty. I mean, yeah, then you got a problem. But then you're right. Then then you have a problem that's not fluid related. Exactly. What that's going to mean is that once we pull the fluid out and put new fluid in it things are not going to play well exactly <laughs> okay yeah. okay engine engine oil trans fluid checked uh it's an lml we're going to boost test it yep um assuming it's got the stock filter i know nick is real big on that filter minder oh yeah Do, now now you check the filter minder i take it yeah and then actually i i actually get a physical look at the filters as well um i mean if a truck can't breathe properly it's not going to run properly that's it i mean you know turbo you know it needs air needs to get rid of air needs air you know so air filter man it's just if, it, if you have an s and b or any other intake or a stock intake air filter man just that's it's it. the first thing to look at it's so easy too I mean, it's so simple that like if you're at home and you're like uh when's the last time i checked my air filter bro just hit the hit the next gas yeah. station pop the hood and check the air filter well that's another thing we could actually touch on too is like okay k and n or i'm not you know wet filters compared to dry filters oh yeah oiled filters you know one um, of my favorite topics exactly i mean <laughs> here um i personally don't like wet filters or i prefer dry filters yeah i mean yeah it's wet around here sometimes it's dry around here sometimes but we're on a lot of dirt roads sure you know i i don't want dirt sticking to oil or you know a wet filter i yeah so so two big problems with oiled filters in my experience number one is that you're likely going to suck some of that oil through and mm -hmm. skew your mass airflow sensor definitely 100%. so that that's like really really common issue number two is that even if that doesn't happen which we've had i've had other guys debate with me over whether or not that happens it happens but mm -hmm. whatever um the other problem is like you mentioned if that you have a lot of dust you, you have a lot of dirt floating around you have a lot of that, that stuff's going to end up under the hood it yeah. just is uh and as it sticks to oil it then becomes cake and like unpassable concrete right. oil cake on your intake which is like pretty much running a wally mod right <laughs> so i had a customer um he had a beautiful just absolutely one of the most beautiful lmls i've seen um he travels from illinois to florida and that, that he travels a trailer down there and home that's all yeah. he does and then it's a it's a fifteen thousand pound trailer he comes in says my check engine lights comes on when i tow my trailer okay i'll open the hood it's got an k and n wet filter in it and we tell him Put a dry filter in it, put a stock filter in it. All your issues will be taken care of. He did not believe us. Yeah. He called us up. He was actually in Florida and said, my check engine light came on. Put a filter in it. He put a filter in it, drove all the way home. 
Never had an issue. Never, yep. Amazing. Never, ever had an issue. <laughs> the truck couldn't breathe enough, and the mass airflow was freaking out. Yeah. And it was throwing a check engine light when he was hitting, you know, going up the hills, big mountains. Absolutely. Towing 15,000 pounds. And that, that that's all it takes, man. Yep. That's all it takes. And a lot of guys, you know how a lot of guys are. They see the check engine light, and they go into panic mode immediately. Yeah. yeah you know, they're not even like, oh, this is probably something stupid. I didn't tighten the gas cap enough or right. whatever. You know, guys lose their mind over it. So, so okay, so that that's really good advice. All right, so we covered... The boost leaks, uh, so we got, we always boost test them. Mm-hmm. We check the intakes. We check the air filters. We check the oil. When you're pulling oil filters off, is there any indicators, like early indicators, that I might be having a problem? Or is it like pull the oil filter off, throw it away, put a new one on? We're not wasting our time looking at an oil filter. I know trans yeah. filter is a little bit yeah, different. Tra- but Trans is a little bit different because you know you have a actual magnet inside it. And, yeah. And- Another thing is, too, is how many transmissions we do. If you're going to change that filter, make sure you clean that magnet off and put it back in. Thank you. Because, I mean, I'd say 50% of the cords we get in, that magnet's missing. <laughs> like, come on, guys. It's just <laughs> put, put that magnet back in. It's there for a reason. Um, but oil, like, I just make sure it's not sludgy and, like, stuff like that. I mean, yeah. you could diesel oil. I mean, you can change your oil, and two minutes later, it's already black. Right. So it's hard to tell, but you can tell when it's sludgy or, you know. Yeah, the consistency, yeah. the viscosity of it, that's that's more notable than anything else right. when it comes to oil, right? But other than that, it's change your oil. What about, so I get guys that say, what maintenance should I do to keep my emissions equipment healthy? Now, I know I'm a big one on boost tester truck yeah. regularly, so yeah. I M- MK's big on like every other oil change. Um, if you're really diligent about oil changes, that works. Right. Uh, if you're a little bit more lax in that department, just boost test your truck every oil change. It's not hard. Right. Um, and you should have a stealth boost test kit anyways for your truck, so yeah. should be really easy to do at home. Um, so, so you boost test it. That's number one. Boost leaks will destroy emissions equipment. Right. EGRs and DPFs specifically, um, boost leak will wreak havoc on them. Uh, but when it comes to DEF, there's not much, man. Run good DEF fluid? Just, uh, yeah. I mean, I run good DEF fluid. Um, make sure the cap's on. You know, don't yeah, because uh, air does. You know, the def doesn't yeah. like air. I mean, it make you tell if they've run enough def fluid, the crystallization around the the actual you know tank, the, the yeah, tank yeah, the and fill stuff like top, that, the fill yeah. top. Um, that actually will happen inside the tank as well if the cap's less left loose. Sure. The fluid's too low for too long. Um, I don't suggest topping it off all the time. I suggest running it down and um, just a little bit every once in a while, just so you get fresh fluid in there yeah that's such a tough one for guys to yeah. like really wrap their head around they're like man i never run the truck under a quarter tank of fuel or under a half a tank right. of fuel and i'm like i i get it but with def we need to use it all up and then put new shit in right there. that's what it comes down um, to. um it's hard um i know some cts's like cts twos and threes actually give you a mileage counter of or distance of how much is yeah. left I know GM's really bad at not giving you a gauge. <laughs> um, some of the newer trucks actually tell you how long you have. Sure. Um, but I wish it was like a Dodger or Cummins. You know, it like, <laughs> actually has a fuel gauge for the depth tank. But um, Yeah, let you know where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Right. GM, GM likes to just keep you guessing. Yeah, GM. Just get stay on, on your toes. <laughs> All right. Good, man. Uh, any other tips or tricks if you got a guy who's going to do their oil change and fluid service change all at home? So- I would recommend checking and making sure that uh, your TKs. So especially in a, an early model, you know, yeah, a lot of guys are still running their LB7s, LYs, LBZs. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, out there. Um, 
we just had one the other day. Guy came in for a transmission. I do the transmission. I always drain the fluid in the T case. T case is empty. So it's it happens more than you actually think. It, yeah. It's if not, it's very low, and the fluid is just brown. That would be one fluid that I would change more often than not, or at least that's interesting. Check. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Nobody ever ever thinks about their transfer case, but yeah. Well, once it breaks, sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, you know, and you know, it's just I we run uh, just normal transmission fluid in it. Um, they actually make, you know, the special, you know, fluids in some cases. Um, like I know in the LMLs we run the actual, like a tech four. I can't remember the exact name yeah. of it. Um, but we run just, you know, normal deck six tra- synthetic transmission fluid in it. And we do that in our pole trucks or everyday trucks. And yeah. They, they run fine. No issues. No issues. I like so. that. Awesome, man. Well, that, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, listeners. That That's a really good pro tip. That I think that's going to be a nice one for guys to be like, there's another kind of whoops reminder of like, man, it has been like 12 oil changes since I've actually looked in my transfer case. Yeah. So like a lot of guys out there, like you said, have never even looked in it. Right. Um, that, that's a good one, man. That That's one of those thinkers that I'm sure there's somebody listening right well, now that's like, oh, should I? <laughs> yeah. And then make sure. Okay. I mean, I if you've read enough forums, you've read enough, you know, you hear enough, you see videos, but. You know they do have they rub through the pump rub yeah they they do rub through i mean we, that's a whole another topic we can run on but you know it's you know, try to prevent some of that and make sure it is full so you're not replacing that 1800 you know transfer case you can you know just fill the fluid yeah good call man good call excellent well jeremy thank you so much for stopping by oh no problem thanks for having me a listener stick around we're gonna have our remote support expert sean lynn coming at you next Listeners, I'm so excited to have a remote support expert, Sean Lynn, in the office. Sean, how the hell are you? Great. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Sean, uh, things have been hopping over at Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power, uh, where you're on the phones every day helping people solve all sorts of different problems with their, well, with their diesel trucks, EcoBoost, tractors, and everything else that we deal with uh, at the shop. And I know one of the common problems... God, since since I have been on the phones here back in 2013, uh, has always been LB7 and LLY ECM flashing. Do you do you still run into that? Do you still take a lot of phone calls on that topic? Absolutely, I would say at least uh, two or three phone calls a day on them. Oh wow! Okay, uh, so number one, if you have an LB7 or LLY, yes, we can tune your truck. Uh, we do it regularly, very very clearly here. Uh, but but with those. There's some inherent issues. Now, these are the 01 to 05 Duramaxes. Uh, we don't run into a lot of ECM flashing issues with anything newer, right? Yeah. For some reason, the older trucks just seem to, some of them work fine, and other ones just don't want to cooperate. That, and that that's literally all I can tell you about it, is I couldn't tell you, like, oh, some LB7 ECMs are bad, and this is how you can tell early on. It's like, no, you're, you're not going to know until you actually try to flash it. Right. Awesome. Okay. Uh, well, let's walk our listeners through it. What is what are some of the most common problems? What do people call you and, and start to ask you? Where are they at when you get involved? Well, it's usually um, something along the lines of losing communication between the port and the ECM itself, the truck's computer. Um, very common, especially with aftermarket electronics. Interferences happen, and then the flash doesn't go through. Oof. Uh, what's the what's the code that comes up on EFI Live with that? It's a dollar sign. 
0502-0333 usually. Yep. 0333, so dollar sign 0333. If you're using EFI Live, like an AutoCal or a Spade from us, uh, that's going to be security code, if I remember correctly. That's and, right. And 0502 is no communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, security code, that could indicate that the truck has been previously flashed by another tuner. It could either be that or something on the truck is blocking the communication, just making it think the security is stopping it from reading Yeah. or writing. Yeah, aftermarket uh, remote starts used to be real notorious for that. There used to be one wire that would run up under the column, uh, and if you disconnected that wire, you could flash, and if you didn't, you were stuck. Yeah, between the aftermarket stereos, uh, integrated steering wheel controls, especially remote start, that's probably the biggest one, and then other stuff just causes (laughs) the data lines to become busier than they already are. That's right. What's something uh, people could do to try to prevent that? Yeah, so we go through it all the time, like you were saying before, but uh, pretty much we have a list of fuses under the hood that we have customers pull. And um, lift pump relay, some guys have got lift pumps on their trucks, obviously. Sure. And then the remote start, sometimes that's the make or break right there. That's it. Yeah, I know I've had guys unplug the head unit and completely remove the head unit, like actual wiring harness, to be able to get it to flash. Remote start, that is... Like I wouldn't go disconnect my my remote start first. I do all the fuses first. I would do, you, you know, the unplug every electronic. Make sure nothing's communicating with the truck. Don't roll your windows up or down. Don't turn your radio on. Like don't don't whisper too loud while you're flashing. Right. <laughs> the the truck's communication lines are like a highway. And it's like a highway at rush hour when you try to flash it sometimes. (laughs) I like that. It's a good analogy. Uh, Okay. Okay, great. So, so So we have a list of things you can try to do to troubleshoot around that. What happens if we go through all of that and it's still not working? Um, When all else fails, uh, pretty much the ultimate solution is to have the ECM sent into us here to bench flash and... Nine out of ten times, it'll go through no problem. And the other possible scenario there is the ECM is locked. 0537 means it's locked with a custom key. And this typically means that the previous owner tuned the truck and never brought it back to stock. And we see that pretty often. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Bench flash. Just in case you guys don't know, a bench flash is when we actually have a harness that goes like from our our computer here at work, like our laptop or our, our tower, uh, and we have a little harness that actually mounts directly to an ECM. That way, there is no truck anything involved. It's literally the tuning, it's the computer to the tuning device directly to the actual ECM itself. Uh, so it's perfectly direct communication. It's not possible for anything else to interrupt it. So if, it, if a flash is ever going to work, it, it has to work in a bench flash. There's nothing else there to screw it up uh however yeah man there still might be some of those out there where where again somebody flashed it uh, efi live especially like older versions of efi live locks were real tricky uh locking and securing your files to make sure nobody else could read your files out as a custom tuner that was a big hubbub with efi live for several years um so because of that, there's different updates out there and different times that it's been done. Uh, but anyways, what happens is a tuner flashes your ECM, so the tuner puts a tune on the truck. 
uh, and they they protect their files so that nobody else can read it out and steal all their calibrations with one of these locks. These custom locks are a custom key. Um, the challenge is then that if you don't go back to that original tuner who has the original, uh, somewhat original hardware or at least original serial number to unlock it, your ECM is locked forever. There is no way around it, period. Uh, in those situations, you got to buy a new ECM. If you can't get back to your original tuner, uh, that, that's the only path that we end up with. We do actually have uh, another method that's worked out pretty good for us lately, um, especially the LB7 guys. Um, basically, SoCal Diesel has an ECM service for $175, and they replace the possibly faulty chip in your ECM, and then they can unlock it and flash whatever on it, and it'll basically be like brand new again. That's nice. And the fact that these things are so hard to find now, especially for LB7s, Ugh. that's the way to go. Yeah, for sure, man. I remember sitting there going through car-parts.com trying to call junkyards for one ECM at a time, and you just pray to God it gets here and it's not actually an LS controller. I had a customer buy a, well, he did it on his own, but he bought a brand new one from O'Reilly's, and they spent $1,200 on it, and I got it here, and it was crashed. Oh, so I had to go through them to warranty it, but he spent $1,200 on it. That's so brutal. That's so brutal. And it's so logical, too, because if if you're that guy and you're like, well, I have a part and I need to replace it, I will go to the parts store and buy a part. Done, right? Like that that makes total sense. Uh, But that's one of those, man, we're doing doing a little more research or being an enthusiast that could help a lot. I couldn't believe he spent that much on it. You know, the trucks are 15-plus years old now. I mean, <laughs> the truck's worth $5,500. He spent 1200 bucks on an ECM and then told it's crashed and you got to get it. Oh, that, that's hard. That's a hard call to make. I'm just glad that there's companies out there that actually remanufacture these and don't charge you a fortune to do it, you know. <laughs> that's the truth of it right there. Excellent. Well, Sean, uh, any pro tips for guys out there just flashing their trucks, their LB7s or LLYs? Yeah, I would say the first thing you want to do is um, hook up a battery tender because a lot of times when you try to flash the truck, if the ECM doesn't see around 12.6 volts, it could potentially fail because of that. And I know it sounds stupid. You got two batteries in the truck. I understand. But this has literally gotten me through when people could not flash their trucks. Good, good pro tip, man. That's such an easy one to skip over. I'll be honest, I've flashed, I don't know, a couple hundred trucks in my life, and maybe I have hooked up the battery tender twice, um, and only only in dire need. So please, don't be me. Be Sean. Hook the battery tender up before you flash it the first time, not once you have a problem. Save yourself a lot of headaches. And then, um, as far as the aftermarket electronics are concerned, there's a radio fuse under the hood, radio amp. ABS, info, and HVAC that you should pull as well, as well as your lift pump relay if you have one. Nice. Good good details there, Mr. Len. Good details. I go through it a lot. <laughs> That's why you're our remote support expert. Sean Len, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Listeners, uh, stick around. Chris and I will be wrapping up this show in just a moment. Cool. 
Chris, I had a lot of fun uh, putting this. What show a jam-packed together. episode <laughs> really with good was. information. It really was. It's it's you know sometimes you come through once in a while. Well, sometimes we have a lot of fun and we get to talk to somebody who's really excited, but we, we really only hone in on that one topic. Right. And today, I thought it was a lot of fun, kind of putting everything together and hearing you and Tim out driving a yeah. truck in the real world and getting some really solid stuff out of our super tech and our remote support expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, uh, check out DuramaxTuner.com, WCFab.com, XRGPerformance.com, or XDP.com, who carries all of our brands. Uh, if you want to find out any more about the products that we talked about today, uh, for right now, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. For coming. My name's Chris. Like, right. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs>